0: I drive a V six SUV, pretty standard. Everybody has them. It's costing me about eighty two bucks at the Costco to fill it up lately. And that's from pretty low, pretty low. Sarah, didn't you say you you recently spent almost eighty bucks filling up yours too?
1: Yeah, yesterday too. It was like seventy eight bucks.
0: Seventy eight bucks. Were you like you must have been like right on empty?
1: Oh, I am always like three kilometers <laughs> till empty before I make it to the gas what station.
0: What did it used to cost? Say last summer,
1: between fifty and sixty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's about what I'm finding too. So, I mean, you know how it's going. And I, I I told you yesterday about this 97 Dodge Ram that I drive, this big old V8, to do yard work and stuff. So it needed gas on the weekend. So I, it was down to a, an eighth of a tank, according to the gas gauge. So I threw in 50 bucks. I thought, no, okay, that'll get me around gave me a quarter of a tank, $50. It went from one eighth up to three eighths of a tank for 50 bucks. I'm like, oh boy, okay. Um, We all know that the price of gas is higher than it has ever been in this country. And we're getting off, relatively speaking, lucky compared to the rest of the country because we are far behind. Some places are well over two and a quarter a liter right now. Um, What goes into the price of gas? Do we know? I mean, we know the price of oil is way up, but price of oil has been higher than this and gas has been cheaper. So uh, how does it all add up? How do we get that final price that you and I have to pay when we go to the pump? We're going to chat now with uh, David DiTomasi, who is an associate professor of international business at Queen's University. David, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me. So let's just start. What goes into the price of that liter of gas that we're buying? I mean, it's not as simple as saying, oh, it's here's the price of crude. I mean, there's a lot of other factors that go into it, right?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot of others, but the big one is the price of a barrel of crude. But I'll get into that in a second because your first your first question was what else goes into it. Yeah, um, there's a fair number of taxes um, of various types and sources. We've got uh, sales taxes, we've got refining margins, we've got what is added on to by the poor retailer at the at the gas station who actually doesn't make a lot of money on this. And you've got a carbon tax uh, increasing across the uh, part of the country. So all of that together means that uh, when your base price is fairly high and you add all this stuff on top of
0: it, it really starts to hurt. In terms of percentage, is it possible to break it down like crude is 75%, carbon tax is 10%? Do we have an idea of how those break down? It's about two-thirds
1: price of a barrel of oil, and then about another third to a bit is a little higher than that in terms of taxes. But that's about a reasonable guess.
0: And carbon tax, I think, is $0.11
1: cents a litre right now? 11 yeah, yeah. So um, the vast bulk is, is
0: price of, of a barrel of oil. Now, I always get questions from listeners, and we're talking about this, and it's a good point. The price of oil, I don't know what year it was, let's say five years ago, maybe it was more than that. The price of oil was much higher than it is now, and the price of gas was much lower than it is now. So if it's the price of crude that really drives it predominantly, how does that make sense to us? Well,
1: there's a couple of things. You're absolutely right. I mean, I'm taking a look right now at gas prices or oil prices, excuse me. Two years ago, I remember in your intro, you were talking about how much it costs. Well, two years ago, this summer, uh, 35 bucks a barrel for a gla- barrel of oil. Right. And yeah. today, it's well over 110 So there's a big chunk right there. But in addition to that, you've also got a couple of things. One is you've got some fear premiums being built into the market a little bit, um, Russia and other sorts of things. You've also got... Um, you got a bit of a bottleneck too at uh, refining capacities, which means there's not a, even if you have more oil coming in and you paid for it, it's not getting to the actual you know retailers as fast as they would want. You get a bit of a bidding war, um, and all of that means that you've got everything along the chain is also kind of pushed up as well in terms of cost. So you know you add it all up together, and then everything kind of just makes it much much higher.
0: Who's making the money? Because somebody's, somebody's getting paid here when you see the price of gas costing what it is. Is it the retailer? Is it the guy running the gas station? Are they making a whole bunch more money this year than they did last year? No. <laughs> Not much, <laughs> to be fair enough.
1: I mean, it's the companies who procure and refine the product. And if you're a company that does both, then you know both getting it out of the ground and making it into a useful fuel, then you're getting it both kind of ways. Yep. And to be honest, the other person making, the, making money is governments. Because they get more taxes, so you don't really like to think of it that way, but that's basically what is happening. The people in the middle, um, the refinery margins and kind of the, the you know the folks you know they're doing a little bit better, but uh, not a lot
0: um, oil companies then making profit, government making profit it's it's all supply and demand as far as we've been told right so are our, our, yeah is it it's not in their interest then necessarily to increase supply if they're making record profits is it happening? Is anybody working on increasing supply
1: yeah. Yeah, um, the market being what it does, there is a lot of movement right now. In fact, oil ag, and gas exploration and drilling activity is going to be about 20 to 30% this year than it was last year um, because the profit margins are so high and, and people will you know respond to that. The problem, you know, the, the gas, oil and gas market is not a tap. You can't just turn it yeah. off and on. And in Canada, and with, for good reason, I would argue oil and gas companies are leery about investing too much because they've been... Kind of hammered pretty heavily over the past number of years with heavy regulatory restraint. Can we get our stuff to market? And what other things are we going to face? So I think they're a little wary about, you know, ba- you know they they like high prices, but they're also a little bit wary. Second factor is OPEC, who hasn't budged an inch in terms of how much more they're producing because if you think we make a lot of money from it, you, you know OPEC makes <laughs> enormous amounts of money with high prices. Yeah.
0: So they're more than happy to keep it the way it is. Any relief in sight? I mean, is there an end in sight here? Uh, and what could possibly bring about a change?
1: Well, I mean, there's two two ways to look at it, short-term and long-term. Short-term, I mean, the, the market is fairly tight, and it's going to remain that way for a while. There's been some political gesturing among some conservative candidates to try to, you know, repeal the carbon tax for a while or some other yeah. taxes to be able to give Canadian drivers a bit of a break over the summer holidays um there is increasing um investment as i've just mentioned that'll take three to six months to really put more supply into the system so over that time period you should get some moderation um and but you know with the demand of the summer it that demand is going to go high and supply is not catching up so i think it's going to be elevated for a while but you know, as the oil market does, being cyclical, um, a vast new bunch of investment is probably going to bring new oil to market. Prices should ease in a year, you know, or 12 to 14 months.
0: 12 to 14 months. Okay. All right. Well,
1: ease significantly. Um, we could probably do some things right now to, you know, cut some of it. But uh, it takes a while to get a new market, but then it does come and uh, we've got a lot of historical evidence for that.
0: Okay, so so just just again, when we're talking about the price of gas, and it's made primarily up by the, the, the price of crude, that's the main driver. I think you said two-thirds of the price comes from the price of crude. Um, help, walk me through it again, because like you said, the price used to be in the— Absolute dumpster, not that long ago, um, and mm-hmm. price of fuel was still relatively high. And then, if you go back a little farther to when oil was 120 dollars a barrel, the price of gas was cheaper than it is now. So, what's made up the difference now? Where the price of oil is okay, it's a hundred. It's not one hundred and twenty or one hundred and forty, but the price of gas is you know thirty five, forty percent more than it was then.
1: Yeah. Um, again, I'm going to go point back back to government point um i think the tax burden is much higher yep. than it was and uh and significantly higher and again you got a lot you had a little bit of gas you know kind of chasing you know a more developed economy where we've got 10 years on we've got you know several tens of millions of more cars on the road and everyone's trying to get the same sort of refined product so you got a bit more of a global integrated market that way but at the end of the day i think the most of it is the policy decisions we're making here that are making that big of a difference
0: Interesting. David, thanks so much for your time this morning. I appreciate you joining us. I hope it was of help. Absolutely, you were. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely.
1: Great game tonight. Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Okay. It's been fun so far. Thanks, David. Appreciate it.